Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Greet you in your living room today through the online or the radio. We are going to be back to running our services soon. In fact, we want to have an 8 o'clock service and a 10 o'clock service so that we can facilitate groups of people that aren't that large, that it obstructs social distancing, but at least we create enough uh, meeting space for more people to attend. So more information will be coming out about that. And we're going to have an online booking system called Quicket. You'll be able to go and book your seat to be part of those 50 of either the 8 o'clock or the 10 o'clock service. But for now, I've got the privilege of ministering God's Word to you through this medium. And I want to pray. Father, thank you this morning that your Word is unfettered. Your word is unhindered. And you promised that your word would achieve everything you have commissioned it to do. I pray for those listening this morning that into their dining room, into their bedrooms, into their homes, the word of Christ would permeate. We thank you, Lord, that you honor your word. Your word is seed that is sown with the express purpose of bringing forth a harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. These are not empty words being spoken over empty minds, but these are words filled with your life, landing into fertile, ready hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you'll know that we've been doing a series around the kingdom, if you have been watching us for the past few weeks. If not, I want to encourage you, you can get these teachings from uh, uh, the internet, either our website, or you can contact one of the leaders to send you a link. This is a vital subject. I've been doing preaching and teaching for, for 20, 25 years now, and I guess every time I do a theme, I get the feeling of this is the most important theme, and I feel God speaking to me in a particular season, prophetically, for our community at Highway. But I I do want to come and say that as I've wrestled and prayed and, and rejoiced through these scriptures about the kingdom, I believe our best days are in front of us. I honestly believe that there was a reason we stumbled into Matthew 16, talking about the Ecclesia as being the authority center of of God's commission to, to, to preach the gospel. But I believe as we've gone on to study the keys of the kingdom, and now more recently, the kingdom itself, we've been placed in our hands a rich, rich deposit that can transform 
our lives, our family, and our communities. So I want to kick off a little bit where I was last week, a way of introduction. Jesus is talking about the sower and the seed, and his disciples come and ask him why he speaks in parables. And he says to them, to you is given the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. There was something very profound in that statement, is that the kingdom message comes with a certain amount of knowledge. We've got to learn something. We don't have to be lazy scholars just because we are Christians and spirit-led. We should be on the front foot. We should be hungry to learn more about how God's kingdom operates. You know, in fact, I think it would be so sad if we sat back on our blessed assurance and said, I know it all now, been there, done it, got the diploma, you know, put the degrees on my wall and have an unteachable attitude. We should stay like on students that are on the front foot of learning. Not those that are ever learning and never coming to knowledge of the truth, but those who are learning in an ever-increasing spiral of revelation. We come around to the same topics, but we see them from a completely new perspective. And this topic of the kingdom, I think, it did come around 15, 20 years ago, but it, it's landed now, these days, in this beautiful framework of grace, framework of the new covenant. So the understanding of the, the, how the kingdom works is amplified by knowing that we can't do anything to earn what God has already promised to give us. We can only exercise faith and take hold of it and trust Him. So wherever you are in your spiritual journey at the moment, just take a moment to pause. Just take a moment and think about where you are in your understanding of the kingdom. And I want to encourage you that not beyond just this teaching on a Sunday morning, that you begin reading everything you can. Get your hands on. There's some good stuff that you can fill your mind with and, 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 and come to greater knowledge. But then Jesus goes on and explains the parable. He speaks about the seed that fell on the hard road. And the birds of the air came and ate it. And he said, that's the seed of, of people who heard this message, but they didn't understand it. I think to go to eternity with those words over us, that we didn't understand the most important message Jesus came to bring. Because it is the most important message he came to bring. Why did he start his ministry off talking about nothing else? But the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom that was lost because of man's disobedience. The kingdom that was prophesied and worked out through redemption history as seen in the old covenant. And then the kingdom that John the Baptist presented when he presented the king of the kingdom, the king of kings, Jesus. And Jesus' first message was, you've got to change your way of thinking now because there's a new king and his kingdom is at hand. People fool themselves with all kinds of things to try and satisfy that deep longing to the answers of life. Who am I? Where did I come from? What is my reason for being here? And too often people get caught up in religions, all types of world religions, even the Christian religion and every other type of religion to try and meet those needs of the answers to life. But all the time it's the wrong way around because religion is seeking to find God. Grace is when God finds us. The law was given through Moses, but grace came through Jesus Christ. 
We can only understand the answers to these life questions in the light of the gospel that Jesus Christ came to preach, the message of the kingdom. In fact, one time in the scripture, a rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, how do I find eternal life? You see, this man, although he was young, that's attribute many admire. He was rich. That's another attribute many admire. He was a ruler. I mean, come on, he was the, the, the boss. And many people feel an aspiration to that because it's in us to want to lead and to, to, to grow and to, to master things. And this rich young ruler had this question. He comes to Jesus. And then Jesus says, gives him an answer he wasn't expecting. Basically, Jesus is saying, you've got to leave all the stuff you've put your confidence in, you've put your identity in, all the stuff that you've looked to to give you a sense of meaning, and come and follow me. You see, the message is still the same. There's an emptiness in us. While we're looking to other things to fulfill them, we can't serve two masters. Jesus says, I alone can satisfy the deep needs of your heart. And this is the message of the kingdom. Another time, uh, Nicodemus, who was a, a ruler amongst the Jewish people, in John chapter 3, comes to Jesus at night, where no one could see him, and asks the same kind of questions about the meanings of life. Jesus says, you have to be born again, Nicodemus. If you're not born again, you're not going to see this, what I'm bringing, the kingdom of God. You're not even going to get close to it, Nicodemus. You see, Jesus' central message was what the kingdom of God is coming to do. To be born again is the door to access it. But most sermons today, and I'll be honest, and even I'm a culprit here, are focused around being born again as the end goal. Because if you get born again, you go to heaven, the end goal. Meanwhile, the kingdom message that Jesus brought had very little to do with those things. Now, of course, you've got to be born again. You can't see the kingdom. You can't access the kingdom. And of course, Jesus wants us to demonstrate the rule of heaven on earth. But strictly speaking, we are going to rule and reign on earth when Christ sets up his kingdom. And he is ruling from heaven. And our citizenship is in heaven. And we are seated in heavenly places. And that all is true. But it's so easy to deviate and substitute the core message that Jesus was bringing about the kingdom with so many other peripheral teachings and knowledge and substitute this most important message. The, the other one was the woman at the well who Jesus asked her for water. She had a deep longing in her. She'd been married to several people and never found that true meaning of identity and acceptance of value and love. And Jesus says, I'm the living water. Another beautiful picture of a, of a woman who was looking to this religion of Abraham giving to the Samaritans and, and her past marriages and whatever else she's looking to, Jesus says, what I'll bring you will be a fountain of life in you. You see, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. One time at the feast, he stood up and said, 
If anyone is thirsty, come to me. From your belly will flow rivers of living water. He breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The greatest outpouring of, in, that we see in the scripture on the day of Pentecost came as a result of Jesus saying, Job prophesied, you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. But wait in Jerusalem. You see, what differentiates us from every other religion that's seeking to find God is a God that found us through the blood of Jesus, shed on the cross, presented to us in grace so that we can receive God's spirit again, that we can rule and reign on earth as kings. We weren't just saved to go to heaven. We weren't just saved to sit at the rapture bus stop and hope he comes sooner than later. We were saved that we can see our Father's kingdom established on this earth as it is in heaven. We do that through our prayers. We do that through our faith. We do that through the preaching. Continually imploring people to be reconciled to God. You see, the kingdom was lost. The kingdom was regained. The kingdom satisfies the deep longings of our heart. And the Bible says we are citizens. We are co-laborers with Christ. He's still the owner of the house, but we've been delegated authority to rule and reign over the house. I read this definition sometime back that Miles Monroe gives about the kingdom of God. And uh, if you write this down, meditate on it. The governing influence of a king over his territory that impacts it with his personal will, his purpose, and his intent. And it produces a culture, values, morals, and lifestyle that reflects the king's nature and his desire for his citizens. There's so much compressed into that statement. I mean, let's just for a moment unpack it in our minds. First of all, God is the governor. He created heaven and earth where he would exercise his love through being the king, the benevolent dictator of the empire. This God has values and morals and a purpose that he wants to see impact and reproduced on this planet. And when this happens, it'll be reflected, it will reflect the king's nature, who he is, his love, his goodness, his peace, the reign of his peace, there'll be no end. And his desire for all his citizens. I like that last little part. God has a desire for you as his citizen on earth. We are all co-priests. We are all co-kings. Bible talks about us as ambassadors. An ambassador represents in this country the government of another country. If you came from America as the ambassador of the United States, you got the full backing and support of the country that sent you. That's what we are on this world. We carry that ambassadorial responsibility and delegated authority to bring heaven's culture, heaven's value 
heaven's lifestyle to impact this planet in such a way that it reproduces itself and in the end, the glory goes to God the Father because it shows His good character, His kindness and His mercy. And in the process, we are collaborating. We are joint heirs with Christ. I mean, come on. This is what's called good news. This is why the church needs to wake up and say, we're not just talking about Jesus' death on the cross to get born again. We're talking about his death on the cross so that people can walk through the door who is Christ Jesus and enter into an inheritance called the kingdom of God. We learn how it operates. We learn the knowledge of it. We discover the secrets it contains so that we can operate and understand it. And the end of this parable of the son of the seed is so that we can reproduce 30, 60, 100 fold what has been sown. God's intent is increase. God's intent is reproduction. God is not wanting us to just kind of float through life, barely making it by the skin of our teeth. God is wanting us to triumph and to reign and rule. You might be sitting there thinking, but Steve, hang on, hang on. Look around you. Come on. Just have a look what's happening in the world today. And you know what? I do. And at times, it makes me scared. And then I need to get back to God's word and his promise. And refocus on setting the kingdom first. And his righteousness. Because then he promises that all things will be given to us. There is resourcefulness when we place the kingdom first. But if we are off looking at this problem and we're judging God's character because we heard this happened and we are bringing our faith down to the level of people's experience, then we are going to be oppressed, depressed, miserable and unimpressed. I've got to keep preaching this message to my own heart. Same as you. I don't wake up in the morning and float out of bed because I'm a preacher. I get out of bed in the morning sometimes feeling grumpy, feeling discontented. And I've got to get back to the same word of God to my own heart, bring it into submission to the king and recognize and to confess and declare I'm a co-laborer with Jesus Christ. I was co-buried, co-raised, and now I co-seat in heavenly places, that my God is for me and not against me, and He can do abundantly above all I ever ask or imagine, because He's placed in my hands keys to activate on earth as it is in heaven. You see, this message Jesus was talking about, He then goes through several layers of how this seed can be distracted. First he speaks about the lack of understanding, the hard road, but he then goes through other layers. He speaks about the thorns, he speaks about the deceitfulness of wealth, of riches. He, he then goes th through the whole subject of the depth of the soil. And I might not cover all this right now, possibly in the weeks to come.
But I want you to hold this parable as a framework to the conclusion, which is the seed that fell in good soil, produced a crop, 30, 60, 100. Why that is so important, my friend, is because Jesus starts off saying that I'm speaking this parable because knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God are going to be given to you. So that's what this is all about. And then he starts off with the importance of understanding. And knowledge itself doesn't equal understanding. We can read and have degrees. and Knowledge doesn't equal understanding. Understanding comes about when knowledge is applied. When knowledge is experienced. I like, I think Bill Johnson says that. He says, we have to require an experience of what we believe. It's no use just believing something. We've got to require an experience of it. Because that's where understanding comes. And where there's understanding of the kingdom of God, it will bear fruit 30, 60, 100 times in our life. Yeah, but Steve, look around. Look what's happening in the world. Yes, we could sit and have that conversation all day. But I choose to have a different conversation now. I choose to talk about the seed of the kingdom bearing fruit because the economy of heaven is not dependent on the economy of earth. And you might say, yeah, here's another wealth, health, and prosperity teaching. No, no, that's not at all what I'm teaching about. I'm teaching about God who's able to meet your needs so that you can be a blessing to other people and see the work of his kingdom increase. We have to think again like priests and kings, and princes. Uh, I read a really good example of thinking like a prince. It was uh, Lady Di and her son William. Now, back in the day, I was doing my apprenticeship in the late 70s, and we had a big post of Lady Di in the workshop. The one that you kind of saw, it was like a side angle shot of her. She was just the most beautiful thing they ever walked the earth, excuse my language, if that offends you. But I was so in love with Lady Di. I used to come into the workshop in the morning with my overall and my hard hat. And I stand there and stare at this poster of Lady Di and think, I mean, it doesn't get any more beautiful than this. And maybe you agree with me. But you know, ladies and princesses and princes go through a school of being tutored. They get tutored how to walk. They get tutored how to pose. They get tutored how to, to speak. In fact, even uh, Prince uh, William, from even before he was born, they had tutors lined up to educate him on uh, his posture, his hygiene, correct way of talking, correct way of engaging with people. I mean, there's a fitting way for a prince to behave. And there's a not fitting way for a prince to behave. You can imagine if, if William's caught on camera picking his nose. Just kind of the media loves that stuff. And they probably do it anyway. But you get my point. I mean, there's some places he couldn't be seen down at the grubby fish and chip shops playing on a pinball machine. Now, there's something that wouldn't be fitting for, for, for the prince to be seen at, at the lower deck on a boat playing poker with a cigar hanging out of his mouth. I mean, there's just some pictures that 
you, you can't uh, correlate to the office of the prince. Now, at some level, this is also true of us. That we have to change the way we think so that our lifestyle, I'm not talking about our body language, I'm not talking about our posture and our habits. I'm talking about our mental fortitude, our mental posture, which is one of, in Christ, I am more than a conqueror. It's a mental posture of the Father God of the universe is my Abba Father. It's a mental posture that says, this thing I did that was so stupid and hurtful, that's not how heaven behaves. And in fact, I know Jesus died for all my sins. But I'm going to admit that this was a dumb thing to do, and this is not how prince behaves. People just ask me, you know, you, you guys that preach grace, do you believe you should confess your sin? Well, first of all, sin is always damaging. God hates sin because of what it does to his creation. And if something is going to be hurtful to people around me, to myself, then it should be avoided at all costs. And the acknowledgement that something is wrong is a very healthy behavior, unless it leads to a sense of inferiority, unless it leads to a position of, of feeling disqualified and not worthy of God and all that he has for me. Then the enemy has taken that and he's condemned me. I went a little bit off the topic on that, but maybe somebody needed to hear that today. Maybe you are indulging yourself in a certain lifestyle that is not profitable. And like the Apostle Paul said, I can do anything I like. I can eat meat, I can drink wine, I can, I can smoke cigars, I can, I can do anything I like. I know someone's going to have something to say about that. But that's what Paul said, I can do what I like. But I'm not going to allow myself to be mastered by anything. You know why? Because God created us to be princes. Princes rule. Princes are the masters. Princes are the ones that have authority. And we need a change of mental posture to accept our God-given role as an ambassador, as a son, a daughter, and a prince. You see, this is what it means to live a kingdom lifestyle. We are the scaffolding between what's invisible and what's visible. God has given himself a self-imposed restriction, as it were, to only work through his delegated authority. Oh, Steve, are you saying that God can't do certain things? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, God can't sin. But God also can't break his word. And when God said, I'm delegating you to subdue and have authority over the beasts and the plants and all that, God didn't just come and intervene and say, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, rewrite the story, cut, 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 cut. No, God let that work its way out through redemption history. And man suffered the consequence of separation and spiritual death. And Christ came and restored the place that was lost by bringing the kingdom with him, the kingdom that was lost, the kingdom that was forfeited. He brought that kingdom with him. And this, my friend, is the same message as we have today. 
And if the church doesn't take hold of the promises of the kingdom, then darkness is going to be ready to display its ability to control. And that's what's happening in the world. Darkness is only an absence of light. And where we are ignorant and uninformed and do not exercise our kingdom mandate, darkness is too ready to impose its ability to influence. Let me just remind you of Jesus' words in Matthew 24. He said the end of the world, end of this age, will only come when this message is preached to all the ethnos groups of the world. That means we can look for the Antichrist and we can look for the 666 and everything. We can look for the new money system and everything and follow every new uh, theory that there is out there about the, the end times. But this is the one that we should be looking at. This message of the kingdom has to first be preached to every ethnic group. This is no conspiracy theory, my friend. The kingdom has to be preached in every nation. And I'm starting today by preaching it here to the audience of those who are listening to me. I'm starting right now by ministering this message to those who are tuned in, listening by way of radio as well. Let me pray. Let me pray for you as I conclude. Lord, we thank you for the message of the sower and the seed that it unpacks so much for us of our understanding around what you came to achieve. And Lord, we want to commit ourselves to the preaching of this message that every tongue, every tribe, every people group will hear this message and then, and then only the end will come. To you be the glory, to you be the praise. Amen.